Hello and welcome to Retrospection, a podcast where we take an old movie or TV show and decide whether to dress it up, give it a quick smooch, or simply remove its chip and scrap it. My name's Paul, and try not to mess up my hair. That'd be very difficult. It's possible. Mm. It can be done. On a Brillo pad? If the wind blows wrong, it does move. <laughs> okay. And my name's Colin, and so your robot is gone, pal. Why don't you try some real women? <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> it's nice to have you back, by the way. Thank you. Nice to be back. Good, good, good. Did, did you, did you, mission accomplished? Absolutely. Good. We'll say no more. Say no, no more. I have to kill you. Absolutely. What? <laughs> <laughs> So on this episode, we'll be taking a look at Cherry 2000 from 1987. Your choice, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. All Just right. saying. Stand by it. Thank you. Yeah. You'll stand by it, will you? Mm-hmm. Well, don't give away too soon, what you think. You already did. I didn't think? say anything. I just oh, thanked you for... People can infer from what you said. No, 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 no. no. I'm, 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 I'm very mauve. Very mauve? Mauve. <laughs> All right. Purple, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that one either. Uh, so the plot is, in 2017, a successful businessman travels to the ends of the earth to find that the perfect woman is always under his nose. So he hires a sexy renegade tracker to find an exact duplicate of his android wife. Mm. Sexy? Um... Doesn't really get the opportunity to be sexy in the film, does she? No. Oh. No. Okay. So the film stars David Andrews as Sam Treadwell. What else has he been in? He looked familiar to me. Pulaski. Oh, yes, it is. It's Pulaski, isn't it? Yes, it is. The short-lived wow. BBC you know show. What? I was racking my brain trying to remember where I'd seen this guy before. Obviously, I didn't look it up. No, obviously. That would have been too tricky. Pulaski. (laughs) Well, there might be one other person out there that knows what we're talking about. That's true. You. (laughs) You. That's it. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're okay. (laughs) Melanie Griffith as E. Johnson. Lawrence, or Larry Fishburne, as Blinkers, uh, and you'll miss him, Glue Glue. Oh, that's the name they gave him in the credits? Glue Glue, Because that's the name of the club that he's in. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Michael C. Gwynn as Slim Lawyer. Brian James, the great Brian James, as Stacy. He's doing an accent in this as well, isn't he? Yeah, terrific. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as his uh, Tango and Cash accent, though. Didn't it? No, it's not. No. Tim Thomason, the great Tim Thomason as Lester. That was a nice surprise when I saw that he was in it, actually. Good. It was something. Mm-hmm. And Pamela Gidley as Cherry 2000. And my favourite credit was Jennifer Balgobin as Glory Hole Clerk. <laughs> used to be your nickname at school. <laughs> Don't give away all my secrets on it. So yeah, so you, you missed out Harry Carey Jr. and Ben Johnson, both two stalwarts of the Western scene. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're quite old in this, aren't they? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. but it was kind of nice to see them. Yeah, Ben Johnson, I didn't even recognise. Ah, that's acting for you. The film was directed by Steve Jarrett? Jarnett? Yeah, go with that. I don't know, go with that. What else did he do? Well, 
he uh, he directed a bunch of TV, um, nice. but he was also a producer on The Kindred, which is a really good vampire TV series. Okay. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> um, American Gothic. Um, but he's probably best known for me as the writer of that uh, magnificent epic future sport starring Dean Cain. Ah, back when you were a big fan of Dean Cain. I'm still a big fan of Dean Cain. Oh. Yeah. Bring him back as Superman, that's what I say. I mean, granted, he might, he might not fit too well into that suit anymore, but who does these days, eh? That's right. Mm-hmm. So the film was budgeted at $10 million and made around $14,000 on a very, very limited theatrical release. In fact, there are only a few cinemas in Europe, I believe. I think 14000 is uh, probably... Uh, that's a record for us, isn't it? I, I think so. so, yeah. But it's mostly a straight-to-video film. Yeah, it had problems with the marketing, didn't it? They, they, um, it led it to being released almost direct-to-video, as you say, didn't it? Yeah, because they didn't they really know what to push it as, did they? No, is it a western? Is it science fiction? Is it a comedy? Is it none? Huh? None of those. Who knows? We'll we'll solve it by the end of the podcast. Okay. Now Melanie Griffiths says that this is her least favorite film. My God, she's made some crap. So this is really. <laughs> I mean, this is really bad, though. <laughs> I mean, I read there was problems with her and Andrews. What a surprise. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I also read that Kevin Costner was set to star in this, but he dropped out to do Silverado instead. Probably a good move. Yeah. So have you got any other uh, facts, or shall we just listen to the trailer? Oh, no, let's go for the trailer. All right, play it. In the future, the world has survived. Romance has not. Right, so we'll say a dinner, complete sexual encounter, optional episode in the morning, right? I gotta run this past my own lawyer. Pleasure is strictly business. But it will be possible to have the perfect mate. A Cherry 2000. Looks great. Thanks. Thoughtful. Desirable. She'll never run out on him. Just short out. I'm sorry, kid. Total internal meltdown. Now you got her basic memory right here. Vocal patterns, verbal, whatever. Basic voice. Don't look so glum. Your chassis is out for the count, all right? You got the chip. You go in, you pick yourself out a new model. You slide it in the slot. You got yourself your girl back in a brand new frame. Give me a call if you find a cherry. Cherry 2000. Look, my friend, you're going to be a very old man, round in the middle and bone dry before you find one of those in these parts. That's a chance I'll just have to take. Then, the adventure begins. Why don't you hire a tracker to go into Zone 7? Oh, we got a policy against trackers in these parts. Nobody goes into Zone 7. They got one of the original warehouses down there. Girls stacked on the shelves like pies. I'm looking for someone to go into Zone 7. I'm E. Johnson. You're not gonna find anybody better than me, mister. I'm not a machine. Do you know where they keep these babies? We call it the graveyard. It is the worst place in the zone. Well, maybe I can get in there and find this thing, but I need somebody riding shotgun in order to make it out in one piece. I want you to chase those birds till they drop. If you think it's tough to meet the right people now, 
Wait till you go looking for a Cherry 2000. So that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. So shall we crack on? Go for it. Okay, so we begin with what looked to me like a very shoestring-style Bond opening credits. Oh, I said that. It's like soft porn meets Morris Binder. <laughs> that pretty much is Morris Binder, though, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So it is just a Bond opening. It is, it is. We see a man driving in to cut with a woman touching herself, fondling her stomach at one point. Yeah, I'm probably hungry. Is that what you do? Yeah, I fondle my belly and I'm like, mmm, sandwich. Oh, that's just disgusting. <laughs> Let's gloss over that one then. <clears throat> okay, so then the woman's getting dressed and the man gets home. Mm-hmm. And he's Sam. And he gives the woman a bunch of cheap petrol station flowers, doesn't he? Oh, you know that they're cheap petrol station flowers or is this just experience talking? Bit of both. Bit of both, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all been there, haven't we? Nope. All right. So um, I was already thinking something was off here as she's actually pleased to see him and she asks him about his day. I mean, that doesn't happen usually, does it? I refuse to get involved in your matrimonial problems. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have problems. It's all good. Um, He tells her that that he's late because of work. Mm. Something about a hotshot tracker and spark plugs. Yeah, but did you notice the, the use of colour in this scene? Go on. Like, everything, her dress is red, her lipstick is bright red, the red candlesticks, and the flowers are red, too. So and the, sig- the significance is? Colour of passion and violence and danger. Really? Mm. You think that's I, what they were going for? Yep. What the production designer's probably going for, I would think. But um, also, you notice the way that she gets rid of the flowers? No, what does she do? She just, she just, there's no like thought behind it whatsoever. She just takes them out and throws them to one side. So it's like there's no feeling for her for those flowers or the act of him giving them to her. Also, there's flowers already in there, so it must be something he does every day. Ah, right, because he's he's playing a role for himself, isn't he? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't notice any of that. Watch these films occasionally. <laughs> I did watch it three weeks ago, Colin. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> This is what you're here for, anyway. Mm. You you do the you do the thinking. Okay, you do the dancing. Oh, I'll we're in dancing. trouble. Yeah, <laughs> you've never seen me dancing. Not really, really dancing. No. So um, I do remember thinking that was a small table. That yeah, was just made for two, I suppose. It's still small. You, you never lived in a New York apartment, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. But no. I, massive you're that gonna, table, you're... huge. <laughs> you're not gonna get a lot of food on it, though, are you? I mean. Oh, that's what you were thinking. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, she doesn't even let him finish his dinner anyway. She doesn't. Um, he does impress her a lot with his uh, knowledge of rust, though, doesn't he? Mm, always works. <laughs> it's one of your best lines, is it? Yeah, yeah. I always bring <laughs> out the old rust topic. <laughs> I hope that's not a euphemism for something. No, it's not. It's genuine. All right. Okay. So she tells him that uh, Vaseline was invented by an American um, and then gets a bit confused. Yeah, see, I I personally think that she's already starting to malfunction at this point. There's something it seems not quite right. right. Because she doesn't let him finish his dinner, and he looks at it as if to say, what's going on kind of thing. So I think she's already having problems here. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Um, and then they have, we have this weird sequence where they have this 
really over the top snogging session, don't they? Where the she's in her marigolds mm-hmm. and the sink's overflowing and they're rolling around in all the suds. But yeah, well, I think that's done on purpose because it's it's like a fantasy. Is that what it is? I I, I would think so. That's what I got from it, though. It's like it's his perfect fantasy of this just way over the top and unreal. So he set this up to to do this then, you think? No, I think it's, the film is like showing the fantasy, really. Oh, so it's not really happening. Yeah, it's really happening, but the film is exaggerating it to get across the idea right. that it's his fantasy. I do remember thinking that's going to need a serious mop in there, that floor. Well, that's you, always clean. I, I, I do like to uh, get down and dirty and uh, clear things up. Yeah. yeah. Treat them clean, that was your motto. Yeah, that was my motto, yes. <clears throat> but not then, um, not anymore, no, no, not at all. It's all dirty now. Oh. <laughs> but but then, textbook mistake, um, all the water causes her to uh, blow a circuit. She's a robot. Yeah, she's a robot. Who saw that coming? Not me. Quah. This is a step up from my toilet robot, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a bit more realistic. It does more things. Oh, it does well. It could, she can get down and get, get right around that U bend, can't she? Actually, no. I, I would think the only thing it doesn't do is the one thing you'd want it to do, which is the toilet part. Probably refuses to do that. That would that would be typical of me. The it one thing be, I wanted yeah. to do it, it doesn't do it. You know? Right? Yeah. Damn. So he's upset that she's broken, but I mean, she's just a glorified blow-up doll, isn't she? Really. Yeah, yeah, but he's got issues. He's got connection and emotional issues to him. And you find out why later. Why yes, you do. He's poured all his emotion into this robot. Mm-hmm. You, you, you see that um, you can kind of buy these kind of things now as well. I mean, obviously, they're not as realistic as this, but... I know, right? It's very uh, forward-thinking, this film. Who knew? It's only, like... It's, I mean, it's set in the far future of 2017. <laughs> and here we are now. In 2018, I know. So and we we kind of have them. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying Christmas present, but you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glad you know. All right. So uh, Sam takes her to be repaired. Hmm. Uh, her inside seems to be a mix of organic and technological components, don't they? Yeah, it's like when you see uh, data taken apart in TNG, and you think, yeah, that's not going to work. It's just a lot of lights. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of Christmas lights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this has got like wet bits inside of it, hasn't it? And... Yeah. So not realistic. Organic fluid. Mm-hmm. Nice. A few carrots. A few carrots. Yeah, carrots and. Well, maybe if she she eats real food, so. Oh yeah, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And it's got to come out. Somewhere. That's why she needs to learn to clean those toilets. Mm. Mm. I'm not cleaning it up. No. Lucky if I clean my own up. Not cleaning hers up as well. All right, a little too much information, but come <laughs> on. I'm getting very angry about this robot. Aren't I? Yeah. Um, so the tech guy says that she can't be fixed. She's too advanced, and but she's also a thing of the past. So does that mean that because she was too advanced, they kind of scaled them back a little bit? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. Too expensive to make. Yeah. So they remove her chip, which has her personality in it. A rare thing, he says. Yeah, because they don't do personalities. You notice all the robots in this film are female. They are. There's not a single male robot, is there? No. What a terribly sexist uh, attitude. 
Well, it's the world that they live in. Not no, the... that's what I'm saying. That's what oh, I'm saying. Because right, right, yeah, yeah. we find yeah. out what they're like. It wasn't a gag. I wasn't oh, doing a I was... bit. I wasn't getting ready to do a bit. Really. Oh, good, good. We're all relieved. <laughs> <clears throat> the tech guy's a bit creepy as well, isn't he? Well, he does surround himself by female robotic mannequins. Why would that make a difference? Well, it's just like that's all he sees is these shell-like women that have no personalities or feelings so that would you know shape him it's like you in a beer shop <laughs> every beer i've ever tasted has got personality even the bad ones sometimes okay. they've got too much personality really you have oh, to yeah. fight them oh yeah, they fight me okay no, that came out wrong uh <laughs> the beer i'm talking about beer beer came out wrong yes oh, your nose. often so, uh, so the tech guy, Slim, takes Sam to his storeroom, where he seems to have the robots from Forbidden Planet, and nope. they the Earth stood still. Well, you got one right, so well done. <laughs> I thought one of them was Robbie the Robot. Yeah, Robbie the Robot is... Uh, this one's the one from Lost in Space, which is not the same one as in Forbidden Planet. They're kind of the same one, though, aren't they? They're similar. They're very similar. Yeah, but yeah. no. Get your facts right. It's a new, it's a new world order. This podcast, only facts. <laughs> well, I think you better find yourself a new co-host then, because you're going to be out of luck there. Too. All right. Um. So they're they're moving on chairs that seem to be fixed to a to a platform. Mm-hmm. Surely it'd be easier just to walk. I mean, they're this not going that fast, are this they? This is the future. We don't have to walk anymore. Right, okay. I mean, you go to an airport and they got those moving platforms down the middle. You could just walk, but no. I'd stand on the moving platforms and walk on them at the same time. But the wrong direction? Because it makes you feel like you've got a superpower. Oh, does it? Yeah, you feel like the Flash because you're you're walking at normal speed, but you're moving incredibly fast. It's funny because normally you feel like the Flasher. It's close. (laughs) It's close. Give you that. Again, don't give away all my secrets. Okay. So Slim shows Sam a few new models, mm-hmm. and one that doesn't have anything downstairs at all. But she can do your taxes like a wizard, apparently. Yeah, Jimmy Carr would need that. <laughs> There's a few people that would need like that. Like making money disappear. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so, he's not going to be our friend, is he? Anymore. <laughs> Because he's beating on her door. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> it's one of his gags, I think, isn't it? I think so. But Slim thinks that Sam wants something with a little more spunk. Mm. It's just funny, really, because uh, it'll have a lot more spunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't even bother. Don't even bother, pal. Just stop right there. Uh, skip, I could, skip to the next line. We know where you're going. I could see on your face you knew what I was doing there. <laughs> All right. I, I knew you were going to do that when I saw the scene, let alone when you started this line. <laughs> All right, moving on then. But uh, Sam's not interested in any of this. He wants his cherry back. Uh, once you've lost your cherry. You can never get it back. Oh. And we get a news report talking about how society shouldn't be throwing stuff away anymore. Yeah, because they're recycling mad. Everything's recycled. That's right, and we, we get a bit in a moment where I was kind of confused where we were for a second, but I'll explain when we get there. So Sam is in what looks like an 80s version of a futuristic shopping mall, uh, but it's actually a recycling centre. 
Yeah, and there's the Tanai saying, like, the red zone is for magnesium only. Yeah, it sounded like an airplane gag, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's playing on that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. it's on that grand scale. Yeah. People seem to be sh- um, pushing around random carts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Junk. Junk. And he bumps into two men um, that know him, one wearing a kind of 50 suit. Um, and they tell him that they're going to the Glue Goo Club, but Sam's not interested. They want him to stop brooding and try some real women. So he reluctantly agrees to go with them. The performances in this film, they range from completely over the top to massively underplaying everything, don't they? Well, Andrews is subdued throughout most of the film, but I think that's done on purpose, mm. you know, because he doesn't interact with real people. So I think that's generally it. Some of the other performances waver around a bit. They uh, do. And we'll talk to Melanie Griffiths later when she gets into oh. it. Yes, yes. I, I don't think it's all her fault, personally, but... Oh, I bet it'll be interesting to know why you think that. Mm. So he goes to the Glue Glue Club, which is um, it's all neon 80s lights. Yes. Mm-hmm. Looks like something from Miami Vice, doesn't it? Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like if the Star Wars cantina only allowed people with big hair and face paint inside it, isn't it? It is, yeah, because that's what they've got. So there's a great line where someone says, if you stick your tongue in my client's mouth, I'm going to sue your ass off. Yeah, because basically everyone brings their lawyer with them to this dating club. And you can only date someone once you've gone through the lawyer and negotiated the deal for the night. Now, this is a really interesting um, part of the story in this. Yeah. I, think a, I, w- I wish that they'd, got, they'd have gone into this a little bit more. It's a commoditization of sex, basically, and love and relationships. You know, mm-hmm. everyone does a lawyer and you can only... So when people bring demo tapes of the performance that you're supposed to look at. Yes, because at one point I'm pretty sure they're watching Pornhub at the bar, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and it's a demo tape so you can watch the performance and whether you want to be with them. Mm. I mean, it's it's a very interesting idea and you can kind of see that this is, is where people might end up going at some point. Yeah, I mean, there's some nice world building in this first part of the film. There is, there is. It's just a shame that uh, they don't keep it up. Is that a gag? <laughs> no, no, but you can you can take it as well if you like. It was pretty good, really, wasn't it? Off the cuff, like that. No. <laughs> so, um, there's a woman shows him her homemade porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she wants to see his, but he says that his card has expired, and he's got nothing to show her in return. That's right, and then she treats him like he's some kind of freak. Yeah, yeah. When you know, I mean, there is a way around it. What's that? You just flop it out, don't you? Um, you think that'll work? Well, it's never worked for me yet, but... <laughs> All right, keep trying. <laughs> so we meet a very young, skinny Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. Yeah, that's right. That's how he's credited. Uh, and he seems to be brokering a, a sex deal <laughs> between one of Sam's friends and a woman. Right. Um... Sam just seems to be bored by all of this, and he goes home, doesn't he? Yeah, because he's, he's an old-fashioned kind of guy. That's what I mean. He doesn't go anywhere. No. It's a, it's a really interesting bit. Oh, well, I, th- go anywhere. I think it's trying to point out that he's not just some kind of weirdo. It's the society around him that's driven him to do this. Yeah, but there's a different mo- there's, a, there's a whole other movie here, isn't there, I think? 
Yeah, well, I didn't pay my two ninety nine at Blockbusters to watch that one. Oh, two ninety nine. Big spender, you, eh? Rich boy bought it when it came out. Wow, all right. Didn't wait for when it dropped to one fifty then. No, no. You get to that new release wall. Okay. That's right. That's where it was in nineteen eighty seven. Ah, Blockbusters, you miss them, don't you? No. You used to work for them, didn't you? Let's move on. <laughs> okay. So Sam goes home and he puts uh, Cherry's chip into a tape recorder thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he lays player. very yeah, similar he... to the little iPods that we have now, and it's very similar. Yeah. yeah, and he lays next to a lifeless body, and he remembers everything that we've just seen happen in the last ten minutes. Yeah, but then there's a scene where the I don't know what you call him, the robot repairman or whatever it is, tells mm-hmm. him about a tracker who can help him go get a cherry from the Zone Seven, but we never actually saw that. That's the thing. It just cuts from him laying on the bed straight to him having this conversation with this slim character. Yeah, because I'm watching it and I'm thinking, wait, did I did I step out for make a cup of tea during that scene? Because I don't remember uh, that. Do you know bit. what? I thought exactly the same thing and I rewound it just to see whether I'd missed a bit. It's not, right? It's just No, uh, it's a straight cut. Yeah, it's a weird idea. I wonder whether there was originally something in the middle in yeah, between maybe. those scenes. Maybe. They cut it. Yeah. So as we say, he, uh, we get this weird cut to Slim telling Sam that he knows of a tracker who can go into um, Zone 7 mm-hmm. and find an exact duplicate of his cherry model. And the tracker's name is E. Johnson. Yeah. Don't want to mess with a Johnson, do you? No, you don't. Oh. Um, so Sam loads up a gun and he drives out into the desert. And he passes in... a... Sorry, it's interesting that he has a gun. You know, he's just a businessman. So I guess everyone has guns. <laughs> Do you really want me to go there? No. I did think so. Uh, so he passes a sign that reads, Glory Hole, 10. Rule of Law, 15. Worst pools result ever, I think, isn't it? <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, you very like nice. that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I saw a review of this, and they were, they were complaining that one of the most unbelievable things in the film was... Uh, that there's a town called Glory Hole in it. Uh, I googled it, and apparently there's three of them in America. That does not surprise me. So, not as unbelievable as that person would think. Are they next on your uh, vacation list, are they? Yeah, I, might, I wouldn't mind visiting a Glory Hole or two. <laughs> well, you've got three to choose from, so... Right, yeah, that's true. You want to make sure you pick the right one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> All right. Although I suppose you don't know who's on the end of it, do you? So, no. Um, very strange. So he uh, he comes to the Glory Hole Hotel. And you should point out that this is now like a Western-looking town. Oh, it's completely changed. Yeah. yeah. Everything's run down and looking all kind of um, Frontiersville, isn't it? Yeah, so outside of the city, everything's kind of very rural and falling mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. As I actually wrote in my notes, it's kind of a weird futuristic Western vibe going on now. Yeah, because um, the, there's a weird, there's a cat in a water jug. Yeah, and I, I, I tell you, the whole thing reminded me a little bit of Firefly. Oh, I see, with that mixture of Western steampunk and mm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, but the cat in a jar is very strange. Yeah, and the hotel assistant strange. Yeah, she's very odd. Yeah. <laughs> It's all a very weird thing. Mm. 
the woman behind the counter is dressed in a, as you say, she's she's dressed in a weird hat veil thing. Right. It's got it's got a bit of a cut price Blade Runner vibe to it, hasn't it as well? Uh. The costume, I mean. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So she tells him no robots allowed in the hotel after hours, and that they have a good selection of their own in the hotel anyway. Mm. Any cherries? Sam asks, which causes a weird-looking man in a hat to glance over. This guy's the guy that played Maniac Cop. Ah, did you also know that he reappears later in the film? He does. He's one of the uh, Tim Thomas. Yeah. 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 He's very li- strange-looking, isn't he? He's got a big head. Yeah, he is strange. It's like he's like plastic. Plastic man. Yeah. yeah. So the hotel lady gets all shirty with him. No, oh, I was just thinking yeah. it's a phrase, right. phrase that only means something in the UK. Uh, well, how would you how would you describe it, shirty, for our American listeners then? Um, uppity. Uppity. I don't know. Yeah, let's go with uppity. Uppity. Know. So she gets all uppity with him. They could be laughed now. <laughs> that one out. Yeah. She gets all uppity with him, and a man with a parasol takes Sam to his room. Uh, while another man dumps his broken sex doll out into the hallway. Yeah. So yeah, I love all this like weirdness that they've put into this film. Yeah, I don't have a problem with all this stuff. So Sam goes to see E. Johnson mm-hmm. um, at Tracker's Place, and it's kind of a, a hovel filled with old junk. Yeah. So E. Johnson jumps him, uh, and it's Melanie Griffith. And when he sees it's a woman, he goes to leave, but she lassoes him to a chair telling him that she grew up in the zone and that she knows it like the back of her hand. Right. And this is where I made the note, God, Melanie Griffith is awful in this. Um, I think she's all right. It's like she's... she's she. It's like she doesn't quite know how to say the lines, so she's just saying them as plainly and as empty as possible maybe there's she's nothing a robot. there well i'll get to that later but um i was my problem is i think it's just it's not very well written because they've tried to make her um the tough person the aggressive and you know capable but yet because mm-hmm. it's a romance she needs to have the man as well yeah, and of course it's written in 1987, so you have that issue as well. You know, it's got that 80s idea of what a tough woman is supposed to be like. So, so the dialogue keeps switching between her being independent and then yearning still need, after. Still him. Need, yeah, still yeah. needing a man to help her. And, and, it, and it's kind of it's just a bit schizo, really. But does does that really excuse the performance then? I don't really have that much of a problem with a performance. Really? Not as much as you do, yeah. I mean, I, I, oh yeah, I'm not going to give her an award. <laughs> but, you know. I don't know. I mean, she, she, I really thought that she was probably going to turn out to be a robot. I thought that's what she was going for. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's how she's playing it. But it doesn't no. do that. No. <clears throat> so Sam tells Johnson that he wants her to go into Zone 7 and find him a cherry. And she says that they need to go together because she needs someone to ride shotgun. But he's reluctant, and he goes to a dive bar instead to find someone else. 
Well, yeah, because she he she mentions six finger Jake. Six finger Jake. Yeah, so he yeah. thinks, oh, I'll go get him. He sounds a bit better. He sounds like a tough guy, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's clearly not that tough if he's only got six fingers. Depends. It could be all on one hand. <laughs> he's just got one, one big hand. <laughs> one big hand with six fingers. And a stump for yeah. the other. Yeah. That would be a scary guy. Yeah, that would be, right? So, you know, don't judge. Especially if he bit the fingers off himself on the other hand. Yeah, and spat them at the person who was threatening him. That, that would be scary. Yeah, see? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mess with him then. No. no, you're right. You're right. So this bar is like one of those Western bars where the music stops when, when you enter. Yeah, we're really pushing the Western motif. Yeah, yeah. Again, I haven't got a problem with, with any of this. Uh, he says that he's looking for a tracker named Six Fingered Jake, as we say, and apparently Lester killed Jake a while ago. Yeah, he's dead. Now, mm-hmm. also, do you notice that he orders a rum and a crawler? Mm-hmm. Which is a type of donut. Right, I know what a crawler is. Right, so everybody in this bar, if you notice, they're eating donuts. I didn't notice that everyone else was eating donuts, I have to say. Even the guy he meets in a bit offers him a beer and a donut. And the guy next to him is eating a donut. It's my kind of place. Yeah, I know. Beer and donuts. It sounds Mm. pretty good. It does sound excellent, actually. What what do you think they're going for there? Just quirkiness, then? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, everything's very superficial, and, and so, like, the donut is kind of like a fast food, and it's easy to eat. And I guess so, yeah. yeah. And bad for you. And bad for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we should say that they mentioned Lester. Um, Lester's going to turn out to be um, a bad guy. Yeah. If there is such a thing as a bad guy in this movie, he's the, he's the bad guy. It's just a lot of misunderstood people. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that, Colin. Um, so the bartender seems to be wearing a, a Rain Mac... And a school cap. Yeah. Okay. All right. What? You didn't seem to be too bothered when you used to wear that. I never wore a school cap. What the Mac? Oh, yeah. I might, well. <laughs> might have had the odd Mac or two, you know. But, oh, uh, yeah. Big Mac. Big Mac. <laughs> I've had a few of those, yeah. yeah. Um, so Sam meets Stacy, played by uh, Brian James, the great Brian James, mm-hmm. and his friend Earl. Yeah. They're, and they're desperados. They are. Very desperado. They are. And Earl, apparently, he uh, he's deaf, apparently. Who's deaf? If you start doing a deaf joke, I'm going to beat you over the uh, head. No, no, seriously, who's deaf? He, he says Earl, he says he doesn't want to, because uh, Sam doesn't want to talk in front of Earl, but Stacy says, oh, don't worry about him, he's deaf. Oh, right. Because we get the joke later. You'll have to tell the joke when we get to it, then. All right. Because that clearly went over my head. It fell on deaf ears. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I'm switched on tonight. Come on. Where's, where's, the, where's the off button? <laughs> oh, they've switched off a long time ago. Okay. So Sam tells them that he uh, he needs someone to go into Zone 7 to find a cherry. And Stacy tells Sam that Six-Fingered Jake is alive and says that he'll take him to him. But along the way, Stacy and Earl hold Sam at gunpoint and rob him. Turns out that Jake is dead, apparently. Yeah, but and we all, we get the scene. So um, Stacy says to Earl, you know, grab his gun, and Earl does it. And Sam says, mm-hmm. I thought he was deaf. And then Earl says, I read lips, but he's behind Sam, so he can't read lips. That's the joke. Ah, right, okay. It was amusing at the time. I mean, <laughs> vis- visually amusing, not when someone repeats it on a podcast. 
Well, you know, go people listening, go and watch the movie, and you can, you can enjoy that joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do like how they don't seem to be very good at this, though. They're yeah, they're pretty. In, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the word I was going to use. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Sam manages to just knock them into some rubbish and run away, doesn't he? Yeah, they fall through some like a glass sign. Mm-hmm. Now we don't see them again, do we? Um, no, we don't. No. Again, wasted opportunity. I think these two were quite interesting and amusing. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Too much missed. I'm thinking so far. Mm. Too many missed chances. I didn't care about them. You didn't care about them. They're all right. They, they, they served their purpose. Oh, all right. Okay. So Sam, quite heartless, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about fictional characters. <laughs> I thought you found it in a box under under the bed about four or five episodes ago. Stamped on it. Stamped on it. Right. Okay. So Sam goes back to E. Johnson, and they climb into a futuristic, in quotation marks, car, and they finally set off on the adventure together. Right. Yeah. Because she st- zooms out of the uh, out of the town and she says i drive by feel mostly don't we all yeah yeah because she doesn't put lights on does she no she doesn't do you you think when my lights are broken and i get pulled over by the police i can use that yeah you could say i drive by feel mostly and the policeman says drive by feel then you go mostly yeah and that'll that'll be fine will it that, that will be a fine yes Oh, I don't pay those. Oh, I mean, I do. Uh, I do all, right. all the time. Okay. Yeah. So um, she gives Sam a crash helmet, telling him that she doesn't work, want to mess up her hair if he gets shot. Oh, so yeah, because he, well, get... yeah, he tells her, he says, why aren't you wearing one? And she says, mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up my hair. Yeah. And I, I was kind of thought the implication as well was that if he's got a crash helmet on, his brains won't splatter all over her. That's good. I like that too. If that's what it is, you're probably right. like that. Mm-hmm. Makes it even better. See, I've been thinking. Mm. So they smash through um, the barricades. Yep. Which is a collection of junk cars and trucks run by crazes. And we get a very small, underwhelming action sequence here, don't we? We get an excellent action sequence. That's a lot of fun. It's a bit small. It's all right. It's a small film. What do you want? It's not Bloody Mission Impossible 7. (laughs) No, it really isn't. So the next day, there's more driving through the desert, and they stop at a disused, um, some kind of like silo, isn't it? Yeah, and they travel by dark only, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do, yeah. And she tells him that uh, the plan um, is to uh, get into what's called a robot graveyard. Mm, where they bury the robots. You made it sound tasty. <laughs> I always love a robot graveyard. Mm. 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 So Johnson takes a nap in the car while Sam goes for a wander. And time passes. Did you like that? Time passes. Well, it does. Yeah. It oh, does. It's poetic, Paul. Poetic. So I used to put that in my stories. Time passes. Oh, so you can move from one scene to yeah. the next. Time passes. Yeah. <laughs> so, it amused me. So. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. So Sam, Sam uses his little uh, tape player. And he has some more uh, walk down the uh, the old wank bank, doesn't he? Yep, has some little bit of nostalgia, I'd rather call it. Mm-hmm. You could call it that if you like. Okay, yeah. And then Johnson sees him. She's yeah, kind of, she, she's kind she of annoyed it all, by yeah. it. Yeah, she's annoyed by it because, you know, what a loser. 
She looks disgusted almost. Doesn't yeah, she? we would be, wouldn't you? Sad old. All right. <laughs> Rain it in a bit. We're, we're, we're stepping on very shaky ground here, so. <laughs> Just watch your step. All right. So, so suddenly there's a noise. It's an explosion. And Sam. Oh, what... it... oh sorry. I thought it was Sam. <laughs> very good. Yes. Puff of smoke. Yeah. Um, Sam wanders to the edge of a cliff where, in the distance, he sees a few vehicles with smoke billowing out of them and a scream. Yeah. The scream isn't billowing out of the vehicle. So it sounded like it was. It, it did. I just thought I'd better clarify that. Okay. So suddenly a tyre rolls down and hits him, knocks him over the edge. Yeah, that's great. Did she roll the tyre? Yep. Just to... Knock him down so he can't be seen by the idiots across the other thing because he stood up. Well, luckily there's a there's a, a ledge on the other side. She knew that. You, you think? Yeah, she's a tracker. All right, so she she knows the whole of this place like the back of her hand, as she said. Then yeah, right, okay, all right, okay, I'll go with that. So they take cover behind some uh, more old tires, and Johnson joins them and pulls out her binoculars. So Lester, who she says is judge, jury, and executioner out here in the zone, mm, yeah, seems to be out with his gang. Costing the travellers in the distance. Yeah, throwing him off the cliff and driving his car off it. That's it. They um, they put the travellers' van uh, into drive and they force it down the edge of the cliff and it explodes. Thank you. You're welcome. I didn't know we were doing sound effects now as well. Occasionally. All right. When you least expect it. Oh, I look forward to that. Well, you you won't because it'd be when you least expect it. I could, yeah, but you still look forward to it, can't you? I, I just won't know when to expect it. Right, all right. So that's how it works. Okay. So Sam and Johnson get back onto the road, and they, they need to go around Leicester, which is going to add more time to their journey. Oh. More time with uh, E. Johnson's Melanie Griffith, or Melanie J- Griffith's E. Johnson. Mm. What? Oh, who, no fun. Who, who, when she married Don Johnson, would have become Melanie Johnson. That's very true. How, How strange weird. is that? Yeah. yeah. Serendipity, isn't it? I, I didn't see that one. <laughs> no, I just wondered whether I'd, I'd used the right word. I was waiting for you to tell me I'd used it in the wrong context Sounded again. Sounded perfectly fine to me. All right, that's good. Whew, I was lucky. So uh, they stop, and they see a crane in the distance. A big crane. <laughs> well, <laughs> just, well described. Yeah. You know the kind of cranes I mean, don't you? Yes. With, yeah. Big and craney. <laughs> Big craney thing. Yeah. So jumping back into the car, she tells him to buckle up. More barricades, he asks. This ain't nothing like the barricade, she says. Mm, she's right. She's right. She is right. So one of Lester's men um, spots them, and he radios Lester. And we see Tim Thomason, who's Lester. Yeah, who you have a thing for. Oh, I do love me a bit of Jack Death. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got. You got to admit it. It's a great film, isn't it? Terrific. Trances. I'm talking about. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> All right. Actually, it's better than you'd think. Could be a future episode. Could be. Mm-hmm. So they use the crane to lift their car over the river, but Lester's men attack them with rocket launchers. Yeah, and I like the fact you can see the rockets flying out the rocket launchers. Yeah, very, very eighties thing. Very practical. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but we do get another uh, pretty dull action sequence again, don't we? This action sequence is excellent. The car's hanging from the magnetic thing, and Johnson's falling out the car, and she's hanging there, and there's rockets and machine gun fire going off, and it swings across this giant cavern, and it's clearly a stunt person hanging <laughs> from this huge, huge height, and then he's like, are you okay? And she's like, I swallowed my gum. Excellent stuff. Love it. I, I just felt it was badly edited. Oh, all right. I didn't have a problem with it. Took the life out of it a bit, I think. Gosh. Mm, yeah. Very harsh. I know. So they uh, they shoot the driver of the crane, who's uh, good enough to tell us that he's hit. Yeah, well, yeah, he says, over here. Yeah, like he does, exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. So the crane carries them over the river and tries to drop them, but Johnson manages to hook the car onto the magnet, which keeps them from falling yeah excellent piece of work all right what my, my description or no no good God, all right no. so they lower themselves into uh what i suppose is a huge water pipe it's a drainage shaft because drainage. It's, it's at a dam they're in a dam okay area. just i'm glad you said that because i had no idea what they were yeah, doing they're so leaving the car they slowly inch their way down the pipe Yep. But the running water knocks them off their feet and they slide to the bottom. Yep, like Orpheus descending into the underworld. Wow, did you write that down? No, that's what's happening. Because Orpheus attempts to retrieve his wife from the underworld, which is what Sam's doing. All right. I mean, there's Pygmalion links too. The idea of the sculptor creating a statue so beautiful that he falls in love with it, but, you know. All right. Okay, um... Did you listen to your uh, bullet episode? I, I'm, it's obvious this, and, I, and I'm excusing your lack of understanding because I <laughs> sympathise that your senses have been dulled by Marvelitis, in which everything is simply surface level. But <laughs> oh, he's, he's off! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's pull it back. Let's pull it back. That's, All right. that's a that's a that's a discussion for another episode. Okay. The, the very last episode <laughs> that we ever do. So uh, we'll save that one for then. Eh? Right. Stick a pin in it, as they say. There will. All right. Pin inserted. <laughs> Don't twist it. Nope, never do. There's no, there's no need for that. I have to say, I had no idea what was happening in this sequence. So they're going down. And what? They're going down the shaft. <laughs> Again, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and as they get out the water... There's a man waiting for them with a gun. That's right. They meet up with a guy called Clam, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, well, he's called Clam. But we know who he is. Yeah, we'll get to that. All right. He's got a boat and he's got a donkey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So later they're drying off and Johnson asks Clam... Uh, I'll just point out that at this point, Clam represents Sharon, the ferryman. Just point right. Who right. you know returns from the dead and takes people across the water. A- anymore? Nope. That's it. In the underworld. Okay. I'm just telling All right. you. All right. That's Thank what you. we're going with. That's why his name's Clan. Sharon. Okay. Okay. Close. Okay. See. Okay. All right. Okay. <sighs> so jo- Johnson asks Clan what women are, are like in the big town, and he explains the uh, society and how everything is a deal and everything is brokered between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. 
Simon lives in a cave with about 50 toaster ovens and an old-time jukebox, doesn't he? It's all you need in life. 50 toaster ovens? Why not? How much toasting are you doing? Well, clearly he needs 100. Jukey's got them all going at the same time. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? You could, so, it'd be like, like spinning plates on a stick where you, you set one toaster and then you do them all and you have to run back and set the other one. Would you have that music playing that yeah, they always used to And <laughs> you catch the toast as it flies out. <laughs> yeah, I would pay to see that. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'll, I'll I'll defer to your uh, knowledge there. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. So um, they have a nice meal of a rat. Mm. It did look good, actually. Yeah, scrumptious. But as Clam is washing his hands, Sam notices that he has some fingers missing Ooh. because he's... Seven-fingered Blake. <laughs> six... <laughs> he's six-fingered Jake. He's six-fingered Jake. Yeah. And as uh... you said, it's apparently played by Ben Johnson. Yes, and then Eric says to him, I thought you were dead. Nobody's retired. Yeah, which, by the way, mm-hmm. refers to the John Wayne film, Big Jake. Because throughout that film, people say to him, I thought you were dead. And he has to say, no, just resting or something. He always comes back with. So it's a, it's a callback to that, which Harry Carey, who later plays Snappy Tom in this film, was in Big Jake. Well, you've really been at your big book of facts, haven't you? <laughs> I've eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't clam up on me. No. So there's a lot of, like, all this playing with the, the Western motifs and actors and mm-hmm. callbacks to other films all the time. Yeah, I quite like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, as you say, it turns out he's just retired, and Johnson tells Jake that they're looking for an... Um, a new sex robot for Sam. And they kind of like sort of laugh and joke about him, don't they? Well, you would, wouldn't you? I was very offended, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Offended you and your sex robot. Well, I haven't got one, obviously. I'm waiting for Christmas to come. Yeah, I call it Lefty. Lefty? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> So, um, I, I did, let me just clarify, I am joking about the sex robot. Oh, yeah, I don't think anyone thinks you're really getting one for Christmas. Oh, all right. All right, see? So Jake puts on some nice music, and he um, sympathises a bit with Sam, telling him there's a lot more to love than hot wiring. Right. They were, they were a good dance group, weren't they? <laughs> hot wiring, love that. Were they on the Kenny Everett show back in I the I think age? so, yeah. So they uh, they all have a bit of a lay down, and Sam and Johnson exchange looks across the room. And I just thought, where's this coming from all of a sudden? Well, it's been building up over time. They've been traveling for a long Since time. Since when? Since she two was, days she ago. She was disgusted with his wank machine about 10 minutes ago in the movie. Yeah, well, it's slowly beginning. It's slowly farming. That's how it starts. Wank machine made you laugh then, didn't it? No, I'm trying to avoid it. <laughs> what, Wank Machine? Yeah. All right. I'll wait for the sequel. <laughs> Wank Machine 2? Yeah, Wank Machine Returns. <laughs> Wank, Wank Machine comes back. Oh, I was just going to do a cum joke as well. You beat me to it. Yeah. Oh, dear. <sighs> Great minds. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> <laughs> 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 
<laughs> they walked in the room. Get behind you, Colin. Oh, well, hi. Want to take over? <laughs> so it's morning and Jake is fishing. And Johnson says that they should wait till dark and then go look for her car, which yep. I presume is still in the pipe. Yep, travel by darkness, also classical. And they suddenly get another weird cut, don't we? And suddenly it's night again. Yeah, because, well, they just sat around playing, I don't know, mm. charades all day. Charades? Or charades. No, I just meant, where did you get that from? Well, they've not got any board games. All they've got is 50 toasters and a jukebox. And a jukebox. So you're going to have to play something that you can do without equipment. So charades. You could play, you could juggle the toasters. Juggle the to some, toasters? To some, to some fine Shaking Stevens music. You know it's on there. What song? <laughs> so there's only going to be two you're going to plumb from the depths of your Shaking Stevens knowledge. Let's hear which one it is. Uh, Green Door. Ah, I knew that was going to be it. <laughs> Interesting fact for you. Uh-oh. I'll be the judge of that. Shaking Stevens, first ever gig I went to. Really? Yeah. You went Didn't to know me. that. Didn't know that about me, did you? Nobody should know that. <laughs> That's something you should take to your grave. Even more interesting fact. Oh, again, I will judge. First, first album I ever owned. Uh-oh. As a kid? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't buy it, obviously. I, no, I, it was I, bought for you. It was bought for me, but I wanted it. All right. Uh, it was uh, the Musical Youth album. Wow. Yeah, okay. remember that? Your taste has never improved. <laughs> Mine was absolutely madness. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more that that's why I like them now, because that was the first one, you know. It's not the other way around. I didn't, like, I didn't travel back in time. <laughs> I don't grow up. I'm not growing backwards. You're not growing backwards? That's no. good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were sat funny. Um, where, where are we up to? Um, they just uh, had gone night again, and you were surprised that that night follows day. Yes, that's right. Okay, so... <laughs> <Very good. laughs> You're unaware of the cyclical nature of <laughs> the world. I, I notice it occasionally. Mm -hmm. They hook up some mules, and Sam puts his uh, wank tape thingy-majig into uh, one of the packs on the mules, doesn't he? He does, yeah. So Jake and Johnson prepare to abseil down the pipe to get her car when Lester's men suddenly begin shooting at them. Yeah. And Sam gets knocked out, and he wakes up at Lester's hideout, which looks like a Californian beach hotel, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a motel poolside sky ranch. It is. It's, uh, it's very 60s looking, isn't it? And everyone's dressed in holiday gear. Hey, yeah, like it's a, they're all having a good time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he finds a bunch of women led by Ginger. And she's given up her old life, and uh, she loves it out here. Now, is this the woman that he met in the club? No, this is Elaine. She's an old girlfriend of his. So she's not someone we've met no, in the movie? No, we've not met, right. but just okay. before. I was confused. I, could, right. I couldn't remember whether it was the same woman or not. No, no, she's from before the movie started. She's an old right. girlfriend. All right. just, well, he silly. just disappeared from his life. Well, silly me for not putting that together in some way that could have been the uh cause of his uh lusting for robots was when elaine left him because robots 
never leave. Well, they break. Yeah, but they never leave. Well, I suppose even if she's not moving, I mean, you can still. You know. She's still there. She's still there. You yeah. prop her up in the corner. Yeah. Hideous, but go on. <laughs> you, you were panicking then. You didn't know where I was going with that, did oh, you? No, I knew where you were going. <laughs> yeah, so Lester turns up and uh, he's got Johnson's car with him. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. dug it out of the pipe. Yeah. Uh, Sam meets Lester, who's clearly crazy. Oh, absolutely. He's a nut. I like it. Complete nut, yeah. Yeah, it's a good performance, I have yeah. to say. They've captured a, a lost traveller named Skeet. Yeah, I would say, it's like Lester's sucked up all the energy from all the other actors. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's now pouring it out. He is one of my favourite 80s and 90s B-movie actors, though, Tim Thomason. Oh, In all okay. seriousness. You know. All right, one day we'll have to ask for your top 10 of 80s, 90s B-movie actors. Yes. Yes. Not and now, can... though. All right, because I can give it to you. No, it's okay. All right. Save ask it for me... a special occasion. Yes, yes. 50. We get, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. Get when you're 50. We'll yeah. When I'm 50. <laughs> yeah, next year. It's not, it's not that long away, I'll tell you. So, um, so later they're having a, a barbecue, and Lester is monologuing asking Sam if he works out for some reason. Yeah, there's some weird, like, questions that have nothing to do with anything. He's like, oh, you've got the shape for it. Do you think some of this was ad-libbed? No, I, I don't know. I think this is a film that probably had to be heavily scripted to keep it under budget. You think so? Yeah, I've not got time for people bullshitting on set. <laughs> Couldn't work with us then, could we? <laughs> nope. So Lester shows Sam a picture of uh, a Cherry 2000, and he says that he has one, but uh, he needs the right kind of chip to make it work. Right. Sam just Sam just plays dumb. Yeah, but you know Lester probably knows because that guy's around the table who was in the hotel. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's just uh, testing the water, isn't he? Yeah. Seeing what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. So Lester asks Skeet what he's. Uh, what he's doing out here in the zone. And he says that he's on his way to play in some kind of tournament. But Lester questions him about his weapons. He thinks that Skeet is a tracker and he gives him a paper bag with a target on it and yeah. he forces it forces him to put it on his head. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> so Lester then chains Skeet to a wall and he shoots him in the head with a bow and arrow and everyone applauds. Yeah, nice entertainment for the evening. And then they wrap it all up with a nice piece of hokey cokey. They do. <laughs> it's like one of your nights, isn't it? Oh, it's perfect night. Mm-hmm. Perfect. This was this this very surreal. I was, uh, I was like, okay, where are they going? Because I wasn't sure whether he was actually going to kill him or not. Right. It's great. And then he did, and it kind of like you kind of. It's funny, but then when he actually does kill him, you kind of like, oh, okay, so he's really done that then. Yeah. 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 That's fun. So he's comedic but evil. Mm-hmm. Best kind of comedic. Best kind of evil. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Exactly. As you say, they start doing the okie-cokie around the campfire. And uh, Ginger comes to see Sam, telling him that Lester likes him, but Sam says that he's a psycho. Yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And Ginger tells him that the place is surrounded by barbed wire. Three kinds. Three kinds of barbed wire. Three kinds of barbed wire, mines and no real water. It... uh, I'm only aware of one kind of barbed wire. Oh, when did you become a bloody expert on barbed wire? I've seen it. Yeah, I could I could picture three different kinds right now. 
And yeah, go on. Yeah. What, what am I supposed to describe to you? Spiky, non-spiky, and cold. There you go. If it's not spiky, then it's not barbed wire, is it? Yeah, it is. It's just a wire bit. But there's that one with the shafts coming off, the big pointy bits. But, is, but isn't the whole point of it being called barbed wire, the fact that it's got spiky bits coming off it? Let's move on. Just because you don't know what it's called, don't, don't, <laughs> don't interrogate me about barbed wire. <laughs> I didn't say I was an expert either. I'm just saying, you're not an expert at barbed wire. Yeah, but you said... All right, forget it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, clearly. So Sam goes for a nighttime wander looking for a, a wall to escape. A wall to escape? Oh, a way to escape. Yeah, it could be a bow, Ryan. Well, a wall would stop you from escaping, surely. That's, that's right, yes, yes. Yeah, they're very complicated like that. That's right. Walls do that for you. They do. Yeah. So he, he's looking for a way to escape, not a wall to escape. No. Um, but he runs into uh, the maniac cop guy. Yes. Uh but Sam confounds him with some stargazing. That's right. And then and then knocks him out. Yeah. Oh, you like that bit? Yeah, why not? It's good. All right. Okay. Suddenly, Johnson suddenly appears with Jake and mm. the donkey. Yeah. Oh, he's got a donkey in tow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that right? Mm-hmm. Got one right now. Where is it? Under the table? No, it's been an ass. It's over there somewhere. <laughs> So uh, Sam grabs a gas canister. Mm, he does and starts, Yeah, and he starts pouring it all around. And uh, Jake says that he's going to circle around the back, but not before he hands her Sam's little wank tape thing. Yeah, because he got it from the mill. Mm-hmm. He had it all the time. Mm-hmm. And she refers to Jake as Uncle John. Yeah, so she's family. Related. Yep. Is this a real... Do you think he's like one of those real uncle or one of those uncle uncles? I think he's a real uncle. You do? Yeah. Not one of those uncle uncles that no. you, you know. Yeah. All right, okay. Because we've, we've all had one of those, haven't we? Well, apparently you have. That's why you're in therapy. <laughs> he, he said, come and sit on my knee. Yeah. yeah. He didn't. No. I haven't got an uncle. Nope, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Killed, Killed him. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, um, there's explosions, and Sam and Johnson escape in the car. And then suddenly it's morning. And Lester yeah. is su- confused, surveying. Confused by that, were you? Yes, yeah, so keep doing that to me. Sudden appearance of morning after night. Keeps doing it to me. Yeah. And Lester's surveying the destruction of his camp. And he tells the, the girls to go fix some sandwiches. There's a bit of a sandwich fetish going on towards the end of this movie, isn't there? You're all Is going it? on about sandwiches. Well, I'm always going on about sandwiches, so maybe that's why. <laughs> and you're crazy. It's funny, yeah. that. Hmm. I don't think one you... leads to the other. Do you do the okie-cokie? Oh, I've been known. Don't, don't show me. Don't, all right, no. I won't. I don't want to see it. Oh. Um... So in the car, Sam is uh, a little bit forlorn about losing Cherry's chip because he doesn't know that. No. And later, Johnson is uh, sleeping as um, Sam's driving now. Yeah. And I feel that Sam says that a cherry without a chip is just a toaster. 
That is very that is very true. Yeah, well, we've seen fifty toasters, a lot of toasters. Very good. Which toasters? What do they make? Toasted sandwiches. Just pointing there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but he's distracted by ogling her a bit, isn't he? Ogling. Yeah, like, he's, he's giving her the eye. Ogling. Oh, ogling. Okay. Ogling. Ogre. Ling. And he crashes. It's like <laughs> a small ogre. He's an ogling. <laughs> he gets all hurry and horny. Yeah, well, he is. Part of that. Uh, yeah. That's why he's on this mission. But he crashes the car into a wall. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> so they get out, and Sam asks if she's okay. Mm-hmm. We do get a weird moment where they're suddenly in love with each other, and there's all kissing and well, the, pouting the and passion, moaning. It's, the passion, it's passion, Paul. You remember passion? Pa- do I remember passion? Yeah, a long time ago when you were young and you had it for somebody. I did what for somebody? You had it, the passion. Oh right, okay. Um, I'm thinking. Yeah. You ever seen the ending of Ice Cold in Alex? Yes. Yeah, you know when he's sitting there and he gets that beer and it's like, got that little... Yes, I've had it. I have had it. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, yes. right. Got yeah. it. No, no, no. No, it's coming back to me now. Good. I still get that passion. Yeah, nice cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. So, um, I was like a little bit confused by this. Yeah, you get confused by passion. Well, it's, well it you know, comes it's a, out of nowhere. But it, no, it doesn't. It came, you said it came out of nowhere earlier on in the film when they had mm. that little look at each other. You can't keep saying it's coming out of nowhere when it keeps happening throughout the film. Yeah, but 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 it's there's. <sighs> and it's a film that's eighty whatever minutes long, so. Well, yeah, I suppose I don't want it to be any longer. You don't so. want it. You don't want it to be an actual week. Oh God, no! <laughs> real time, <laughs> do you? So. Talking about it is long enough. Um, all right. I'll, I'll give you that. So as they roll around on the hood of the car, his little wank tape thing um, is in her back pocket and it goes off. Mm, goes off, all right. It does. And suddenly Sam is back to his usual self, annoyed that she'd lied to him about having the chip all the time. it's another woman that's let him down. All right. That's, you know, first Elaine, you mm-hmm. know, then society itself, and now... Johnson let him down. It's bad when a Johnson lets you down. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> so Lester's gang turn up in a truck, but Johnson takes them out. A nice dinner, good wine, <laughs> more flowers. Well, she she, someone throws a grenade. Yeah. And, and Sam heroically dives on it and throws it back, blowing up the truck. Yeah. Nice bit yeah. of stunt work. Excellently done. All right, if you say so. So now they're back to the usual antagonistic selves, Johnson yeah. and Sam. And they get back into the car and set off for the robot graveyard. Meanwhile, Lester is uh, giving chase, eating sandwiches. Yeah, he is. She's made, mm-hmm. uh, Elaine made them for him. Nicely packaged in those, um, those little plastic bag things that you can get. Yeah. Right, you know, well, we don't want the dust getting in them. Right, do you we're in the desert, right? Yeah, sand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Although they are sandwiches. 
but you know that doesn't work though, right? No, that's not literally. You can't. No, you it's know, not. You don't sand no. in your no. no, too much grain. But... <laughs> I... Oh. I did. I do appreciate a good, uh, you know, food hygiene standard. You do. You do? I, do. I don't like. I, I don't like. I like my you don't food. like them up and why are you going with this <laughs> <laughs> doing your dad's army impressions now no I, I, like, I like my food to be uh, to be nice and um, and presented oh you do oh I do yeah you don't just slap it on a plate and get it eaten no I there's I'm, a bit I'm, of pa- there's a pause here this is just no I'm a I'm a I cook all the time Alright, that's not the same as presenting it. Well, nicely. no, but I present it nicely, is what I'm saying. I'm, I've spent time. You go, ta da! <laughs> <laughs> Reveal it at a gold plated cover. He's like, oh, he's off again. Have you been watching me again? I don't need to, I've heard about it. Oh, oh alright, okay. No, I, I do all the cooking. I'm a bit of a gourmet. Alright. <laughs> His face. <laughs> True though. Mm-hmm. You'll find out, don't you worry. Um, I'll cook for you when you come over. Oh god. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the settlers? <laughs> Bring them with you. Okay. They sell them here. You'll be all right. All right, cool. So uh, Johnson and Sam reach a, a collection of huts and shacks, and one side reads <laughs> brothel and gas. Yeah, two go together. They do. They do. You know you. You, you want to make sure you go to the brothel before you have the gas. Yeah, that would work better. Mm-hmm, yeah. So Sam uh, goes inside and is momentarily distracted by a, a vending machine. Yeah, what was in the vending machine? It's like uh, chocolate bars and things, isn't it? Oh, well, that would distract me too. It would distract me as well. Yeah. And suddenly a woman pulls a gun on him, and uh, then Johnson appears and pulls a gun on her. Yeah. But then an old man appears and pulls a gun on everyone. Yeah. And the old man is played by Harry Carey Jr. Yeah. As you, as you told me earlier. I did. That's right. Who's in the film Big Jake? That's with right. John Wayne. It's in a lot of westerns. Yeah, you said that as well. I'm saying it again. All right. Might even say it later on. <laughs> you probably will. <laughs> so then, big. Uh, they called him Big Jake. Then Six Fingered Jake Six reappears. Jake. And it turns out that Jake knows the old man. Yep. They go way back. Way, way back. Way back. So the woman's name is Rhonda, or Randa. Uh, and the old man is called... Is it Sonny? No, it's uh, Skipper. 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 Snapper. 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 It, it's Snapper. It. Yeah, Snapper. I mean, he has a second name, but I can't remember what it is. But it's Snapper. So the old man looks at the woman and he says... You can go fix us some lunch, can't you? And she says, no. And he says, well, you can just go shit in your hand. Oh, does he say hand? I thought he said hat. No, he says hand. Oh. I prefer shit in my hat, I think, than my hand. Either way, it's charming, isn't it? Some people like that kind of thing. (laughs) Really? No, I'm just saying. Not me personally. Okay. Ruin a very good hat or a perfectly manicured hand, whichever it is. Really? All right. I do like the deadpan delivery there, the way he says it. Yeah, he does. Mm. Well, yeah. you can just go shit in your hand. Yeah. Mm. Just like that, but with acting ability. I was acting. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, I did it again. Did you right. see it? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It's like a masterclass. If only the, if only there were visuals to the podcast, people could see it as well. No, they don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at the cartoon characters of us. That's uh, it. Close it doesn't enough. get it doesn't get better than that. No. So um, same size so, too. Beg your pardon. Uh, Speak for yourself. You're the same size as that character. Oh, all oh, right. It's one to one. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. It's life size. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So uh, so they go find a plane, and Johnson wants to fly it into the robot graveyard, but Sam hates that idea. And Lester calls Snappy on the radio, and Rhonda gives the game away. Yeah, she dobs him in. She does. Now, Johnson is fixing up the plane, but Sam doesn't think that she can do it. And uh, Sam and Jake have a bit of a philosophical conversation about death and wind. Yeah. Very similar to brothel and gas. It is. <laughs> you, you go to the brothel, you get the gas, and then you die and you get wind. Mm. Why don't you get wind and then die? <clears throat> uh, I well, guess you're good. Uh, you know, the gases come out, don't you, I suppose? You know. That's true. That's true, <laughs> yeah. That's cheery, isn't it? So. <laughs> Always uplifting here. I know. What? I don't, I don't know what you're doing under that table. Uplifting. Fair enough. Johnson gets in the plane and they get it going, but Snappy and Rhonda distract them with macaroni and cheese. Yeah, yeah, a big slopping pile of it. Would that distract you? No, I'm not Look, a big I, fan of macaroni and cheese. No, neither am I. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of mac and cheese. No, no. A bit too sloppy for me. Well, oh yeah, because you're all about the presentation. I forgot. <laughs> That's right. Yes. See, I'm glad you're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lester's gang arrive and Rhonda shoots Jake in the back. Mm, she has a gun secreted in her oven glove. Don't we all? I, I actually do. The things I've got inside my oven glove, you wouldn't believe it. No, I would. <laughs> I really right, would. Fair, fair enough. So Johnson and Sam escape in the plane. I, I, I wrote in brackets underneath, God, this is so flat. No, I'm enjoying it at this point. <laughs> I'm glad you are. Jake's dead. I mean, you shouldn't be so harsh on yourself. You're doing a good job. It's okay. Oh, very. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I always look for praise. I know. I know. I don't I'm get in the, it. In the wrong but... places. I know. Oh, yes. So, trust me. Jake's dead. And uh, that line is delivered so well with so much grief from uh, Melanie Griffith that, you know, I bought it completely. She doesn't say Jake's dead. Yeah, she does. No, she doesn't. She doesn't know. Sam tells her. Okay, she, well, she, she's in the she, plane. She didn't see anything. So Sam says Jake's dead and she starts to cry. All right, you do that then. Okay, so as they're flying away, Sam tells Johnson that Jake is dead and she starts to cry. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not great, is it? It's not great, is it? It's perfectly fine, considering you didn't even know you said what. <laughs> <laughs> you can't criticize her acting if you don't even know what said. Oh, it's staying in, mate. Oh, don't give away the magic. <laughs> There's no lack of, lack yeah, of lack magic. Yeah, lack of serious lack. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll skip it, then. So Lester is angry. Staying in. All right, all right, all right. Lester is angry, killing uh, Rhonda. Yeah, that's harsh, right? Although she's yeah. annoying, but it's harsh. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because I wrote in brackets... Who's only been in it five minutes, but she's incredibly annoying. Yeah, she is. 
Yeah, and he says to her, you need to work on your personality. He does, and, and then kills shoots her. So Sam wants to end the mission, but Johnson wants to finish for Jake's sake. She she believes that the fact that she's doing a job makes some kind of sense out of everything. You know, if she's not doing the job, what was the point of Jake dying? Exactly. Although the job is going and getting a sex robot. Well, it's fulfilling the client's needs. Let's let's go that way. <laughs> All right, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> Performing a service. Yes, exactly, exactly. So they land at uh, a place called Vegas Village, mm. which is kind of like what half buried um, casinos. Casinos. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is supposed to be Vegas. Then. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless the breaks out dune buggies with mounted machine guns that they seem to have brought with them. Yeah, they carry them everywhere. Is that right? Mm, even do the shopping. Okay. So Sam and Johnson break into the robot village, which really does have a Blade Runner feel to it doesn't it well yeah i mean it's inside um a casino called pharaohs which is mm. a pyramid half buried pyramid mm-hmm. and, you know like you know pyramids have the dead inside them so that's all i've got <laughs> and of course the descending into it again because a lot of descending into the deep in this film done, done. yeah i'm done, I'm done. All right, okay. yeah. also <clears throat> by the way no just as a side the fact that she's these cherry robots are stored in this casino that points out that they were really designed for nothing more than pleasure robots. They weren't because actually, they're... yeah, they weren't designed to be wives or companions. Mm-hmm. They were just designed mm-hmm. for pleasure. Yes, because he's going to realize that soon, isn't he? Well, he realizes a lot more than that, but yes, on the surface level. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where, that's where I work. I live there, don't I? You do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um... <clears throat> we're rapidly approaching the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little too quick for my liking, but okay. <laughs> for your liking? That's, <laughs> that's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. But <laughs> Do don't you stop. Believe... Keep going. <laughs> 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 don't change it. <laughs> so, um, it, it is kind of like a morgue for sex robots, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, are we up to the point where they find him? Yeah, well, Lester and and, uh, his gang arrive, and Sam finds his cherry model, and he puts the chip in. Yes, he does. And uh, And we should point out that they're hanging, like, meat in a meat locker. They are. They're in plastic bags, aren't they? Yeah. Dead. Which is, you know, dead, which is essentially what they are until the chip is inserted. Mm Mm-hmm. So she wakes up, and she's back. Got all the memories that she had before. Yeah. And they kiss... And Johnson just looks and walks away. That's right. And outside, like, Lester's getting ready, and I like that where he says to his uh, his gang, be friendly but firm, don't break anything. And then he looks at one of them and says, especially you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because they go in and go crazy anyway. Mm-hmm. They shoot everything up, so they're not paying him any attention. Mm. No, it was a good line. Mm. Um, so the lights come on. And the three of them make a run for it as a firefight breaks out. Yeah. And is it meant to be amusing how Cherry is so sort of blasé about all the bullets flying around? Like well, she, she doesn't really notice it, does she? Well, she says, I'd really rather be watching this on TV. Is, is it supposed to be amusing, then? I guess it's a little amusing. It's, it's also, you know, she's just a 
a robot that's not used to this kind of behavior. It's not programmed into her, and she's not going to have human reactions. So how else is she going to respond to it? I just wasn't sure whether the director was, was going for laughs or whether... I think he was. Okay, all right. <clears throat> so they, they managed to kill a lot of Lester's men. Lester himself gets shot, but he, does. uh, he, he doesn't die. He's no. still alive. Yeah. And uh, so our heroes get back into the plane. And just as Lester climbs onto the roof of one of the buildings, mm-hmm. but they're struggling to take off with three people on board. And Johnson offers to jump out to lessen the load of the plane, but mm. Sam won't let her. No, but she doesn't. Anyway. to care about her. Yeah, but she jumps out anyway. She does. Um, he gets off the ground and they fly away, but Sam looks around and sees that Johnson has already jumped out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so Lester orders his men to go and get her. And Johnson takes cover um, behind, I think she's behind some cars or something, is she? Yeah, yeah. She's pinned down by fire. And Cherry tells Sam that she loves him and he's wrestling with a decision before he swings the plane back around. Mm-hmm. So Sam lands and he tells Cherry to um, go get him a Pepsi. Yeah, and I love that it's specifically a Pepsi, you know, something sugary, shallow and commercial. Well, we're not getting any free Pepsi, are we? No, I didn't even know it's still a thing. But, um, yeah, I just love that. It's not, it's, you. Just, it's not like, go get a drink, it's go get a Pepsi, it's, you know. Mm. It's, uh, it's empty. Yeah. Yeah, so she goes to get a Pepsi, and when she gets out, he taxis the plane over to where Johnson is, and he picks her up, and they fly away, leaving Cherry behind. That's right, and uh, she says, what about her, she's the whole point, and he, he turns and says, she's just a robot. So Jake died for absolutely nothing, or did he, because Sam has found a connection to his humanity again? Yeah, and Johnson has found something to care about. Yeah, so the, the, there's, there's stuff here. Mm, yeah, also Lester finally dies, no sandwich for Lester. He does. So they fly over the building, and Lester somehow manages to lasso himself to the undercarriage. Yeah. Always, always the worst uh, kind yeah, of lasso. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be there. And he swings beneath them before he face plants into the bosom of a of a statue, doesn't mm-hmm. he? On top yeah. of a casino. Yeah. And um, our heroes fly away, and Ginger sits beside Cherry and hands her a sandwich. Yeah. And as they fly off into the distance, Sam and Johnson kiss. Yeah. And that's the end of Cherry 2000. Excellent. So what did you think of Cherry 2000? Well. Like, like we don't know. <laughs> there's, there's certainly a good, a good germ of, a, of an idea in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, future human relationships are reduced to contracts. Even, I suppose, a one-night stand comes with clauses and red tape. And I want more of that. Not in real life, obviously. I no, mean, in no, the movie. In the movie. Know. I'd like to see more of that. But unfortunately, that idea comes in a movie that's just a bit of a mess, I felt. Hmm. Okay. It seemed... It just seemed all over the place at times, and almost like they were just making it up as they were going along. Really? Um, there wasn't enough Brian Jones. There was, wasn't enough Tim Thomason. David Andrews is fine, but... My God, Melanie Griffith, she's bad. Yeah, you didn't like her, did you? It's just a delivery. It's so flat that 
I was sure there was going to be like some big reveal that she was a robot at the end of it. I really was. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we were going to get a shot where she was, um, she was going to like take an injury and there was going to be wires poking out of her, and maybe she didn't know she was a robot. Right. But we don't. It's no. just a bad performance. Um, I felt the action was cheap looking and dull. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was pretty bored through most of it, I have to say. Okay. So I like the idea, but the execution left a lot to be desired. So it's unfortunately, I'm afraid, Colin, it's a definite no from me. All right. Okay. Well, you said that the film has a germ of a good idea, and I'm afraid that germ has me infected. Because <laughs> <laughs> the film explores... The idea that what you want is not necessarily what you need. That choosing mm-hmm. somebody that challenges you is better than selecting somebody that is compliant. And I like the idea that to find love, these people have to descend into a hellish landscape. Paul, real love hurts. <laughs> I'm aware of that. I do know that. That is something I know. Uh, I like its new wave style of production design with its genre-bending tones. Is it a Western, a comedy, science fiction? Who knows? Orion didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, Treadwell seems numbed by everything, but that's the point. Griffith struggles with the character. seems head-edged and progressive, but is let down by the cliche of needing a man. I mean, it's 80s idea of what an independent woman is, and that's the fault of its era. But I think when you kept saying... Oh, this came out of the blue. This came out of blue about the relationship. I think that's more to do with the fact that there's definitely a lack of chemistry between the two leads. Mm-hmm. And I agree, the world building in the city is far more interesting than the rural settings, even though they have their own idiosyncrasies too. Yeah, but, I just would have preferred more of that. Yeah, but personally, I wasn't bored at any point, and I, I enjoy this film. I find it fun. I like the little things in it. I like mm-hmm. the nods to the past. Um, so for me, it's a hit. Oh, that was a pardon. That's probably one of our first proper uh, disagreements on something that we've done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be wrong occasionally, don't you? <laughs> so you say. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for this uh, episode of retrospection. Uh, if you've enjoyed uh, blatherings, then please rate and review us if you want to. Uh, if you want to contact us, then you can email us at retrospection at email.com. You can find us on Twitter at Retrospecky, and we're on Facebook. And we've also got a Spotify playlist where you can listen to a selection of the music from the shows and the movies that we've covered so far. And we'd also like to say thank you to our current Patreons. And um, if anyone else out there would like to um, donate to the show to help us out, then please check out our Patreon page. So, uh, Colin, what are we doing next time? Oh, I believe we are returning to the Swamp Thing. Oh. Yeah. With uh, a certain Miss uh, Stacy Sheridan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, he's gone. We've lost him. <laughs> Starry have a lot clear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, and Dick Durock. Yeah. He's in it too, yeah, apparently. Yeah, so hopefully you'll be able to redeem yourself in our next episode and get the answer correct. <laughs> oh, is that how it works? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't realise I was being graded on every episode. <laughs> well, you've been alright so far. It's only this one you've got it wrong. 
Fair enough. I'll take that on board. <laughs> <laughs> so join us again next time for Return of the Swamp Thing. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.